Hi, it's JP Mac, and welcome to Liberty Relearn, not just another conservative blog. Hi, this is JP Mac, your humble host, and we have a pretty packed show for you today. Um, we're going to talk about the left a little bit and what motivates them to do what they do and what attracts people to the left um, but first you probably heard that uh, there was an attack on Israel um, ongoing attack uh, Hamas attacked Israel the other day on their Sabbath day and so they have um, been fighting ever since so we're following that story and one of the things other than, you know, the war itself, and hopefully that's drawn to a successful conclusion um, with a minimum of life lost on both sides. But I want to focus on how Biden contributed to the start of this war. So that is going to be our focus on our news story um, coming up first. So let's talk about said news story. This is from Just the News, uh, one of our favorite online news outlets. And the title of this story is Biden administration released billions to Iran weeks before Israeli attack. And so the article starts out, the Iranian-backed terrorist group Hamas killed hundreds of Israelis and injured hundreds more in a barrage of surprise attacks early Saturday morning, just weeks after Biden administration authorized $6 billion to the group's biggest backer, Iran. And so as you may or may not know, uh, President Biden uh, released the uh, $6 billion worth of, well, money. Um, they unfroze one of their bank accounts. I think it was in Korea or something, if I'm not mistaken. And so they, uh, Biden released $6 billion to the Iranians. And the thing about that is that this war that uh, Hamas has launched on Israel is the predictable outcome of Biden's move of uh, releasing the $6 billion. And so keep that in mind and we'll discuss a little bit more why that is. So... Uh, further in the story, it says uh, the Hamas attack included a combination of thousands of missiles fired into Israel as well as Hamas terrorists who infiltrated Israel, killing and capturing civilians, according to reports from multiple news outlets and relevant governments. Iranian Foreign Ministry's spokesperson Nasser Kanani Praise Hamas after the attack. Immediately after the attacks, 
President Joe Biden took fire for releasing billions of dollars to Iran, a known backer of Hamas, in funnels that funnels money to the terrorist group. And that indeed is the case. Um, whenever we free up a large amount of their money or give them a large amount of money, they will either uh, misuse it or they will just use it to launch terrorist attacks or, or something in between there. I remember, um, wasn't too long ago, um, I think it was Israel, could have been us uh, and Israel, but we funded a lot of uh, projects in the, the West Bank and Palestinian territories. And so they bought a whole lot of concrete, did the Palestinians. Some of you may remember this. And so they were building, they had a lot and a lot of concrete building materials. And what did they use them for? Well, they didn't use them to repair or build infrastructure or new buildings. They used them to build terror tunnels. They tunneled underneath the fences into Israel and they launched an attack, basically the first chance they got. And so that, that's what happens um, in the past when you've given uh, the uh, Hamas and the Palestinians uh, money. Um, they tend to misuse it and they eventually end up using a lot of it against Israel and the Israeli um, civilian population there. So um, the report goes on to say, just weeks ago, the Biden administration handed over $6 billion to Iran, and today innocent Israelis were murdered by Iran-backed Hamas terrorists. Senator Marsha Blackburn, Republican Tennessee, said in a statement after the attacks. We must continue to support our strongest ally in the Middle East and their right to defend themselves against these unprovoked horrific attacks. I stand with Israel and join many around the world in praying for the safety and security of its people. The Biden administration told Congress last month it released the billions of dollars that had been held up by U.S. sanctions, as well as releasing five Iranian nationals detained in the U.S. in exchange for the release of five Americans detained in Iran. And so as soon as that money changed hands, it was pretty much, I would say, a foregone conclusion what was going to happen. It was only a matter of time after the Iranians uh, got that money that they were going to give it and get it was going to get into the hands of Hamas. And so that's exactly what happened. This is the, sadly, the predictable results of um, yet another Biden regime foreign policy blunder. The article continues... Biden's decision to release $6 billion in frozen assets to Iran serves as a stark reminder of the consequences that took place following the Iran nuclear agreement under the Obama-Biden administration. Representative Corey Mills, Republican Florida, wrote on X, formerly known as Twitter. 
The pattern is clear. Each time funds are leased to Iran, the largest state sponsor of terrorism, proxy militias in the region persistently launch attacks aiming to destabilize and target Western allies and Americans. Examining the precision and coordination of the recent attack, it is highly plausible that the recent $6 billion, in addition to the many more billions made available to Iran after Biden lifted sanctions, provide the necessary funding to execute the assault, Mills added. U.S. Treasury under Secretary Brian Nelson said on X that the funds were part of the September deal, had not yet been spent, and were reserved for humanitarian purposes only. Critics quickly pointed out that the money is fungible, and Iran's knowledge of the coming money could have impacted how it is spent how it is spent other funds not under the U.S. watch. And so, basically, as soon as Iran knew that they were getting their $6 billion, that freed up a lot of money in Iran immediately. They didn't, they didn't even have, that, have to have that $6 billion in their accounts yet. But they knew it was going to be freed up, and they knew they were going to uh, be able to spend that money, and it was going to be backfilled with that $6 billion. So you give Iran a $6 billion windfall, and you can't be surprised that a couple weeks later that Israel gets attacked by Hamas. You know, it just uh, strains credulity. Now, how did Biden not know this? Well, speaking of President Joe Biden, he addressed the attacks before reporters on Saturday. You know, when I spoke with Prime Minister Netanyahu this morning, I told him the United States stands with the people of Israel in the face of this terrorist assault. Biden said, Israel has the right to defend itself and its people, full stop. There is never justification for terrorist acts, and my administration's support for Israel's security is rock-solid and unwavering. unwavering. And so, yes, President Biden talks a good game, but in the end, it was his uh, strategic miscalculation uh, that led to this attack. I think the cause and effect relation between uh, Iran getting the $6 billion and Hamas launching the attacks on uh, Israel are quite clear, and I said didn't. I don't think it took um, you know foreign uh, foreign affairs specialist or, or or you know a military expert to figure this one out. So okay, good job, uh, President Biden. You you know for you you say that they're they're. Israel is our closest ally, and they are, but then you give their biggest enemy, Iran, a ton of money. And what did you think was going to happen when you did that? Um, so they, they rarely think of the consequences. I think 
Biden's rationale says, well, this will get us in good terms and then we can get our nuclear agreement going again. And, you know, because, you know, the Iranians are only lashing out because they're unhappy and giving these them the billion dollars will make them happy. And so that was the calculus that turned out to be completely wrong on the part of the Biden regime. So she's like, President Biden is oh forever when it comes to uh, good judgment in the area of foreign affairs. So there you have it. Um, just a quick update. I see in other places in the news there is between six and seven hundred uh, Israelis killed. So this obviously is an ongoing story. And so again, I know the left hates to hear such things, but our thoughts and prayers go out to the people of Israel that they can successfully defend themselves against this unprovoked attack. And again, uh, we hope that there can be a minimum of bloodshed on both sides. And besides that, uh, we as Americans hope that any international hostages, including those that happen to be American, um, the Hamas is said to have taken hostages, and so hopefully we get them back, and it's not going to cost us $6 billion to get these people back if it should come to that. So again, uh, an unfortunate decision led by led to a completely um, disastrous result with uh, in terms of Israel, the closest ally in the Middle East. So again, uh, good job there, President Biden. Way, way to call it there. Way to show support for Israel. So now I want to go on to a not unrelated subject. Uh, the subject is um, the appeal of leftism or why good people go left. And so one of the things I want to talk about is, like, again, Biden made this foolish decision based on the notion that if he made the Iranians happy, they would act normally and, you know, be good. Of course, that wasn't the case. It's never been the case. But that's what he apparently thought. And so I just want to talk a little bit I started this piece for uh, LibertyRelearn.com. It is not there yet, but it will be soon. I promise. Um, so this is going to be, I think the first part, this is probably going to be a multi-part um, discussion uh, about the topic where you know, we discuss the appeal of leftism or why good people go left. And so the premise of this is that, you know, you have like the extreme far left and ones that you always hear about causing trouble, you know, libs of TikTok and that sort of thing. And then you have the politicians and then you have just regular people. And these regular people are just, you know, 
more or less ordinary people, but maybe they habitually support leftist causes or vote Democrat if they happen to be in the United States or whatever, you know, the more left party, you know, like Labour and Great Britain, stuff like that. And these are people that have leftist views, they lean left, but they're not maybe necessarily hard left. And so we want to just discuss what attracts people that seem like on the, you know, they seem like good, decent people when you talk to them, get to know them, but they just have some views that are, you know, to conservatives and libertarians a little bit questionable. And so I talk about this, the appeal of leftism or why good people go left. And it starts out, leftism, the adherence to any number of oppressor versus oppressed theme ideologies based on Marxist principles, continues in popularity long after they should have been discredited by history. It is, in its ultimate form, an evil dogma responsible for the murder of hundreds of millions of people in the last century and the impoverishment of hundreds of millions more in this. Despite all this, a large portion of the Earth's population adheres to, at least to some degree, this poisonous ideology. It has its ardent true believers and those who employ it as a means to gain political power. It also has a large number of what might be called casual adherents that, while they lean left, don't take their left, their collectivist beliefs to quite the extreme as others. They they post virtue signaling yard signs on their lawns, support leftist causes, and the United States habitually vote Democrat. Are they bad people? Are they evil? Or are they uh, good people who've just been led, led astray? There are several reasons why otherwise fine, decent people support leftist causes. Some have simply been brought up in left-leaning homes. Thus, it's all they know. Others are attracted to high-sounding principles such as equity and diversity. They conflate forced redistribution of wealth with voluntary charity. Leftism trades upon feeling much more than logic. Most casual adherents to leftism simply fail to take leftist principles to their logical conclusion or fail to see the connection between collectivist policies and the problems they cause. Leftism has been around as a political concept for a long time. Its modern roots go back to the French Revolution as a struggle between oppressor and the oppressed. Like the American Revolution a few years earlier, it was a struggle for people to get out from under tyranny. But unlike the Americans who sought to dissolve the tyranny, their revolutionary counterparts in France fought to supplant their oppressors. By the end of that century, 
the 19th century, leftism had coalesced into socialism with Karl Marx as the titular head of the movement. Since then, socialism spread quickly from Europe to the Americas. By the time communism took root in Soviet Russia in the early 1920s, plans were already in the works to spread Marxism in the United States. Also around that time, progressivism, the idea that people should be led by experts rather than elected representatives was gaining traction in America. And so you had president, prominent presidents like uh, Theodore Roosevelt and uh, Wilson, um, both being preponderance of our uh, supporters of progressive policies, which was the new thing, the, the thing that the idea is that we we have the problems and we don't need democratic solution. We just need experts to tell us what to do. And then the voters, all the voters do is sanction the will of the experts. And so that in a nutshell is progressivism. And again, its proponents were people like Theodore Roosevelt and Woodrow Wilson. And this was an early part of the 20th century. Progressives set their sights squarely on public education and conquered it. Fast forward a hundred years and progressivism has melded neatly into leftism to the point where they are basically the same thing. Leftism now baked into our education system has become such a staple of popular culture most of the Americans that subscribe to it do so unwittingly. In their families, leftist dogma fills the place once occupied by religion. Many leftists today simply know no other way. Even people who did not grow up in a secular progressive household can be drawn to less leftism due to its values seeming a lot like those held in high esteem by religions such as Judaism and uh, Christianity. Values like sharing, caring for the less fortunate, and tolerance. They know that all men are created equal is in the Declaration of Independence. They hear someone call for equity I think it means the same thing. Equality means equality of opportunity. Equity, in this context, means equality of outcome. Equality means doing the same thing as someone else should get you the same result. Equity means achieving the same result no matter how much skill, effort, and even look a person puts into the same endeavor. They conflate charity with government redistribution of wealth. When they vote for the government to take everyone's money and give it to the less fortunate, that to the leftists is morally exactly the same as them giving their own money to the downtrodden. Demanding money for causes they approve of from you is no different than someone else soliciting a donation from you 
for that same cause, taking from someone else through government force is just as virtuous to the socialist as the voluntary giving to the same persons through charity for Christians. And so that's kind of how they operate. You know, they hear words like quality and equity. They conflate the two. And another thing that they do, as I mentioned, they conflate the ideas of uh, charity with forced government redistribution of wealth. They don't distinguish between the two. They think, well, someone over here can be helped by some money. That's the problem. That problem is that that person doesn't have enough money. So it doesn't matter how we fix that problem, whether I take it from the unwilling or I give it to them myself, they don't distinguish between how the money or how the charity or how the goods are gotten. And so that's kind of one of the fallacies that uh, the left believes. Um, To the secular progressive, the idea of tolerance seems very much like a Judeo-Christian American value. All men are created equal is indeed an American value. All men and women are indeed created equal, but don't all contribute equally to the betterment of society or themselves. Hate the sin, but love the sinner is the true typification of the Judeo-Christian notion of tolerance. The leftist attitude is that vice is virtue when in service of the collective. No behavior, no matter how much it deviates from the norm, is wrong so long as it serves the purposes of the collective at the time. Therefore, it follows that all behavior must be tolerated at least as long as it serves the, quote, common good. The common good being a thing determined by the elite, um, which is probably not you or me, um, us ordinary uh, dirty commoners. So let's revisit um, my... Uh, thesis uh, paragraph of this essay um, The Appeal of Leftism or Why Good People Go Left. There are several reasons why otherwise fine, decent people support leftist causes. Some have simply been brought up in left-leaning homes. Thus, it's all they know. Others are attracted to high-sounding principles such as equity and diversity. They conflate forced redistribution of wealth with voluntary charity. And so again, they conflate the meaning of words. You know, there is words in in the Judeo-Christian vocabulary, you know, ideas, concepts, uh, charity, and giving and helping out others less fortunate and helping people um, less fortunate than yourselves. And that is indeed a basic precept of most religions, uh, including Christianity. And so you have in 
in today's world, you have even Christians now. I know a lot of Catholic churches have gone woke. You know, they, they've taken up the woke ideology where wokeism, you know, being this self-righteous attitude that we're doing the wrong, right thing and you're doing the wrong thing. And if you're not joining with our program, you are wrong too. And so they think of themselves as being a elect or uh, the woke, which really comes off um, when you really dig down and uh, communicate with these people, particularly online. You see that that's really just a self-serving, uh, self-congratulatory attitude that they have for themselves. And so... You know, just keep that in mind. Um, continuing on with the paragraph, uh, leftism trades upon feeling much more than logic. Most casual adherents to leftism simply fail to take leftist principles to their logical conclusion or fail to see the connection between collectivist policies and the problems they cause. So, case in point would be the current conflict uh, between Hamas and Palestinians and Israel. Again, Hamas launched a sneak attack on Israel over the weekend. This follows a couple weeks ago when the Biden regime released $6 billion to Iran, basically a um, big benefactor to Hamas. Hamas is basically... Um, a vassal state, you almost could say, of Iran. And so it was a predictable income or a predictable, predictable outcome of the policy, I guess, to everyone but those on the left. The left uh, tends to deal on just the surface level appearances. In other words, they, the rationale is was probably, well, if we give... The, we, we want the Iranians to behave in a certain civilized way. They're not doing so, we assume, because we have their money tied up and they're just acting out. And so they have a little bit um, lack of understanding of true human nature and of history. Because history tells us that whenever in the past and recent past we give Iran money or... Um, Israel gives them help in the way of like building materials such as concrete. They're going to misuse that money and they're going to use it, those resources, in ways that are destructive, not constructive, particularly to the West and particularly to Israel. And so, you know, they, again, as I say, they, they fail to see the connection between collectivist policies and the problems they cause. And this is one. A uh, pretty stark example, I think, is that the Biden regime failed to uh, make a connection between giving and empowering Iran and the bad behavior of Iran's surrogates in the Middle East, uh, namely Hamas, but also uh, Hezbollah, apparently. And so they, they always fail to make that connection. Now, I th now someone might think, you know, rather naively, it turns out that, you know, we're doing a good thing, we're being mean 
to the Iranians by keeping all of this money from them. And of course they're mad at us and of course they're acting. Uh, so they're basically rationalizing the behavior of the Iranians. And they figure, well, just give them the money and they'll make them happy and they'll make them behave better. Well, of course, nothing can be further from the truth. And uh, this is not the first time, again, that you know money given money to... Iran has had its negative uh, consequences um, not not too uh, soon down thereafter. You know, not not um, too long thereafter. So, but I'm sure people in the State Department felt good that they were doing something good and positive, and they were making Iran Iranians feel good, and they were going to act. A certain way and they're going to reinforce good behavior well first of all if you don't have any good behavior you can't reinforce it with more rewards so that is one of the basic um, failures of logic that the left has made in this case and then of course other examples come you know from the war on poverty you know um, you know, Johnson's war on poverty, which we're still fighting and haven't made really a dent in after billions of dollars being spent. All that did is the way it was enacted is it, it de-incentivized um, people to couples to become married so that they turned out that especially in the minority communities, you know, there were a lot less uh, fathers in the home. There are a lot more uh, fatherless uh, households and people being raised in one-parent households. So, you know, people think good about themselves, you know, who voted for Johnson's uh, poverty programs. They thought good about themselves. They're thinking, well, we're giving all these, all this money to people who really need it. Not uh, considering the second and third order of consequences of effects of these actions so again the left leftists particularly the casual leftists that i speak of in this essay here is only thinking of the first order of cause and effect and they're not looking uh too deeply into it and there we go um, that's better. Anyhow, for those of you just listening, I just fixed the camera and now I feel like I'm a little bit, uh, straighter. So, so it's a fine tuning thing. But anyhow, um, the people on the left, particularly again, might call like the casual leftists, the people who aren't really the big time, they're not controlling, they're not the intellectuals in charge of the movement. They just see. They just kind of go along because they don't know any better, or they think they're doing the right thing. And of course, they go by um, emotion. And so, voting for someone who says they're going to give money to a certain group, and you agree, well, this group deserves the money, then yeah, it feels good. But they never think of like the unintended consequences that giving a group. Uh, money, particularly when it's not earned money to that group. And again, you know, you have history repeating itself with regards 
to giving money to Iran, thinking that they're going to change their ways, they're going to act any differently than they have any um, number of times in the past when they've received the windfall. You know, the uh, the, the it, all, it always uh, remains the same. And that's because my theory is that really among the Palestinians and there's probably only a small handful of the real militant people who keep this um, conflict going because there's money and power in it for them. And so they, you know, for them, it means a gravy train of money. Because, you know, if you're on, like, say, the, the Gaza Strip or, you know, in that part of Palestine, you know, go, and that's um, on the Mediterranean, you know, on the, on the sea, you know, you have, you, you could make a lot of money, you know, the right person with the right motivation, like a capitalist, you know, capitalist thinking person. Could probably make some money. You know, they can make it into you know the the Riviera of the Middle East. You know the Palestinian or Israeli Riviera. Um, but instead, they they think of only in terms of what can we do to gain more power. And so I think it's probably a small number. This is just my theory. It's probably a relatively small number of people who are actually militant to the point. And of course, if you live in Palestine, it's just easier to go along with those people than, than say no to them. Because, you know, it could be hazardous to your health if you do. But that's just my feeling. Um, because, I said, a person or a group of people um, could turn that area, that small swath of land... Uh, along the sea into pretty a pretty good economic zone if they really wanted to. Um, but there's people who are invested in keeping the conflict going, and so that's what they do. So, anyhow, you have people, you know, it makes them feel good about themselves. They don't consider, again, any of the other unintended consequences of their actions and certainly I don't think Biden thought um, that his actions would uh, increase the conflict in Middle East because he doesn't think again he doesn't think more than one step beyond what seems the obvious of keeping the Iranians happy he doesn't think well if the Iranians have money what are the Iranians going to do with that money? And, well, we don't know, but we can guess best based on the past. And what have they done with windfalls in the past? Well, they've used it mainly to attack Israel or whoever is aligned with them uh, politically in the Middle East. In this case, it's Hamas that was doing it. Um, so that's what... Um, Happens, and so that is definitely one of the pitfalls in this, you know, short-sighted thinking. Because um, again, getting back to the uh, thesis of my article, which I don't know how popular it'll be because it's kind of um, 
almost an apologetic for some of the left, some of like what we, what we call left of center Americans. You know, but the point is, I think the reason I, I wrote it is because these are normal everyday people. You know, if you ask them to break them down, well, do you want Israel to be attacked and do you want six to 700 people to be killed in Israel over the weekend? They probably tell you no, that that'd be the wrong thing to do. But if they ask, but if you ask them, well, is it good to give Iran uh, money, $6 billion, because after all, it was their money and was just frozen in the bank account, they probably say, yeah, they, it would feel good to them that we're giving them back their money um, because they haven't thought all the way through. And so that is something that I plan on going uh, into in greater depth next week or next time we speak. Because um, again, uh, this is looking like a multi multi-part um, episode where, um, so the next part, we're going to talk more about, again, the failure of the left to see the cause and relation effect of what they do and how their emotions blind them to the realities of some of the negative things that their ideology brings. And again, I want to stress that these, these are not the people that are, are like the intellectual elites that are making all of the decisions. And they're not people who are just using leftism as a vehicle to gain power. So they're not like the Chavez's or whomever. You know, they're simply using this as a way to gain power over people politically. Um, these are people who haven't really thought too hard about what they're doing and really haven't weighed the consequences of their action or failed to realize um, the negative consequences of their ideology. They fail to connect what they're doing and what their ideology tells them to do and the very negative consequences. Sometimes they're very severe, like totalitarian governments. You know, these are how totalitarian governments form is because you do you get to a point where you're doing so much that is against basic human nature that you have to use increasing amounts of force to get what you want done. And that's a problem of trying to establish any sort of leftist utopia is that all these leftist utopias are basically, you know, these are made up by people who apparently haven't spent time among real, amongst real human beings because they don't know um, the nature of human beings and they think they can change the basic human na um, nature of human beings and that's where they always fail. That's why their programs, even though they may sound good on paper and you know people like Marx and Engels probably make it sound good to the people and say, don't, don't you think you've been oppressed long enough and don't you hate these rich people who are getting rich off of you? And using class envy and all that stuff uh, to gain, usually to gain power for themselves. And people say, yeah, 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 without realizing the impact of what that ideology taken to its logical conclusion would cause. 
And again, you're going against basic human nature, and you cannot, you know, improve upon basic human nature. And that's the error that these people uh, continuously make. They they don't learn from past mistakes. They always think that if they just tweak it along, you know, along the edges, it's going to be better. And you know, real they're like going to say, you know, real socialism hasn't been tried. And they don't on the real they don't realize that real socialism by the time it gets so far in implementation it's going so far against basic human nature that people are going to rebel against it and they're gonna to have to use more an increasing amount of force. And so that is uh what I plan about to talk about uh in greater depth next time on the Liberty Relearned podcast and so now i want to thank you all for watching and or listening to the liberty relearn podcast or maybe you're following the dystopic journal and you like that portion of the podcast and like to see the dystopic journal videos and stuff on that so thank you either way um, or if you like both hopefully you like both. I plan on doing, um, uh, more covering more books in the dystopic journal in the near future. But, um, until then, again, thank you for watching and listening to Liberty Relearned and following libertyrelearned.com online and Liberty Relearned on Facebook. And please follow at LR podcast. If you are on getter, and until next time, oh, and then follow Liberty Relearned on Rumble also. Um, so until then, stay healthy, happy, and free.